Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> it's the We Don't Want to Grow Up podcast. We're Stacy and Pete. Hope you're ready for a spooky episode. These are always my favorite. Yes, and we finally got enough stories for a full episode. I'm excited. I am too. Before we get into the stories, there's something that I have to share with you, sir, on the air. Ooh. <laughs> live. We're doing it live. I got a DM on Instagram from Barbie Boulevardier letting me know that one of the characters in their recent Friday the 13th series that they do with Barbie dolls. Yeah. Okay. And it's really cool. And I highly recommend going to check out their page. One of their characters is inspired by us. By us? Or you. What? More specifically. I am going to share it with you right now. Got to pull it up. I am blown away right now. Well, I guess I need to see it. (laughs) I hope I'm not a little. (laughs) (laughs) See the picture and then scroll down to read the caption. (laughs) Rudder. (laughs) Rudder started. You're going to hear stories about this camp. He took a swing of his brewski. (laughs) (laughs) Rudder, this is great. I know. After we're done recording, you need to go check out the whole series. I'm invested now. And yeah, they messaged me to say like it was totally inspired by you guys. And obviously, because who has ever heard of anyone named Rudder ever? (laughs) Now somebody is going to name their kid Rudder because they saw that post. They saw her story. And if you see the name Rudder out there, you know where it came from. (laughs) You know where it came from. That's incredible. Thank you so much. Rudder was Pete's dream name for a kid if he ever had one. Yeah. if, If we ever had a boy, I wanted to name him Rudder. And I've always been like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? It's just a badass name. I mean, now Now, we've seen and he's like the the character Rudder is like this hottie telling stories, drinking his brewski by the campfire. I love it. Absolutely incredible. What an honor, right? What an honor. So I'm telling you, you all have to go check out the page Barbie.Boulevardier, B-O-U-L-E-V-A-R-D-I-E-R. On Instagram. Go check it out. Great. Just a reminder, normally we make the promise on our Patreon that we will do one bonus episode a month. We try to get at least two in there, uh, but this month, I think we're going to have four. I think so. We've done a Scream trivia. We did that earlier in the month. We just recorded a couple episodes. One is about our experience with Christian haunted houses in the 90s. The other was an Ask Us Anything where our patrons wrote in questions for us, some where we were a little more, what would you say, free with our answers? Yes, a little bit more revealing than we might be on our normal show. Yes. And we also talk about Scream 3. Yes, we do. We just finished recording that. Our voices might be a little tired right now because this is our fifth episode we have recorded today. We are cranking it out. (laughs) We are. So if you want to hear those, you go to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. And now it's time for some show and tell. Who is coming to the front of the class? This week we have Carol. Carol was born in 1974, so she's 48 years old. Nice. Carol's favorite 80s movie, The Lost Boys. Such a goodie. Fantastic. Favorite 80s song from Europe, Final Countdown. Love that song. What an epic song. Favorite 90s movie, Interview with the Vampire. 
feel like I picked the perfect show and tell for a spooky season episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> Favorite 90s song. Carol says, 90s song is tough because I had so many, but it's hard not to bob my head to What is Love from Night at the Roxbury. Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Love the song from Hadaway, and I also always think of Ricky and Delia dancing at the World Happiness Dance in my so-called life. Good shout. <laughs> Favorite 80s or 90s TV shows? The Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. That is awesome. I love that show. Me and my sister would get very excited to watch The Incredible Hulk. I still remember the made-for-TV movie that they did for The Incredible Hulk, and they had Thor in it, I believe. Oh. And I was there for that crossover. Was it the same actors from the show? Yes, it was. Old Lou was still there, Bill Bixby. But yeah, super cool. Nice. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. Toy that you love most as a child. I had a Cabbage Patch doll named Anna Lee. I accidentally removed her eye with nail polish remover. Oh, no. <laughs> That's awful. You know, it's funny because I've done a lot of research on cleaning up toys from my childhood. Yeah. And that's one of the big things, like don't use, you know, acetone and things like that. And, <laughs> or even other things that you wouldn't think would remove their eye or their lips or whatever. Yeah. I'm glad that I read up on that because I don't know why, but I might not think of that. Yeah, you're like, well, this will clean most anything. Yeah. Oh, I think one of them was like magic erasers, which you would oh, think, yes. you know, you can use for anything. But yeah, that's a little too magical. Favorite book that you loved as a child or teenager? Heaven by B.C. Andrews. Favorite place to go to the mall in the 80s, 90s, or early 2000s? She said OMG, San Francisco, or Mariposa. I didn't have either one. Me either. Or if we did, I didn't know about it. <laughs> Who was your celebrity crush? Donnie Wahlberg. Don't judge me. Listen, <gasps> plenty of people had a crush on Donnie Wahlberg. Absolutely. I'll never judge you no. for loving any new kid on the block. Ever. I will say I appreciate Donnie more in my adult years than I did when I was a kid. Yeah? Yes. But now, looking back, I understand why anybody had a crush on him back then, too. The boy had charisma. Yes, he did. Well, thank you, Carol. That was a great show and tell. You may be seated. Gold star. Gold stars for Carol. If you would like to participate in our show and tell, you can email us at we don't want to grow up pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at we don't want to grow up pod. We're on TikTok at we don't want to grow up. We're on Facebook at we don't want to grow up podcast. We also have a super secret special Facebook group called the Cozy Club dash fans of we don't want to grow up. All you have to do is answer a few fun, nostalgic questions and agree to the group rules and our amazing mod Joanna will approve you. And if you would like to support the podcast and gain access to over 60 bonus episodes, you can come to patreon.com slash we don't want to grow up. Yes, we now have three tiers. We have our $4 tier, which is what's been there all along. It's access to everything, all of our bonus episodes. Our $3 tier gives you access to all of our game shows, trivia, things like that that we do over there. And our $2 tier gives you access to the short and sweet episodes, the Dear Diaries, the Middle School Notes, the Teen Magazine excerpts. We added some extra tiers because we know we're not putting out as much material on our regular podcast, and it helps us a lot when you come over there. So come check it out. Yeah, we have a good time. And last but certainly not least, we have merch. If you would like to sport a We Don't Want to Grow Up shirt, hat, apron, phone case, stickers, almost anything that you could imagine. 
Com to we dash don't dash wanna dash grow dash up dot myspreadshop.com. All right, are we ready for our spooky listener stories? I'm ready. It's serious time. So serious. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Our first entry is from Kira. I grew up in an old brick house built sometime during the late 1800s, several decades before my family lived there, like 40 years. There was a fire, and the second story of the house burned down. They were able to save the first floor and simply put down some insulation on what remained of the second story floorboards and roofed over it. The stairs that had previously led to this floor now ended in an abrupt ceiling with a trap door for attic access. Shelves had been added along the wall, and we used these and the stairs as pantry space. We always wondered, given the age of the house, if there were any lingering spirits from the past walking our halls. I remember when I was little, between three and nine, I shared a room with my sister and later brother at the end of a long hallway. At night, we had a nightlight in our room, but the hallway was dark. My bed was directly in front of the doorway to the hall, and my mom often left it open in case we had to visit the restroom. I remember vividly on one occasion, waking up in the middle of the night and staring into the darkness of the hall. After a bit, the darkness began to form shapes. I swear I could see the slightly darker outline of figures walking up and down the hall. <laughs> they didn't seem to be aware of me until one suddenly noticed me staring. He, though there were no obvious genders, crouched down and looked at me. I quickly hid under my blankets and turned my back to the door. After that, we insisted on the door being at least partially shut at night. <laughs> I would have too. On another occasion, I was alone in that same room, though it was now my brother's bedroom as I had moved into the basement, and I swear, I heard someone whisper my name. Kira. Kira. <laughs> I hightailed it out of there and turned the TV on loudly so as to drown out any further whispering. Oh, so creepy. Several members of my family have their own ghost stories to tell, but my dad definitely had the most. He worked nights and slept during the afternoon, so he was often home alone during the day. He insisted he heard footsteps walking around upstairs. Remember, there was no upstairs anymore, coming down the steps of the pantry and various doors shutting by themselves. He more than once related to us the time he was sleeping, heard someone walking around the house, and assumed one of us had come home from school. There was a loud knocking on his door. He hollered, what? But no one answered. They knocked again, and again he cried out, what? By the third knock, he was annoyed and thought we were messing with him. So he got out of bed and threw open the door. No one was there. Oh. This is an actual haunted house. These are good. Yes, good they are. Good stories, Kira. Thank you. Thank you, Kira. The next story is from Stephanie. The year was 2014, and I was living abroad in Australia. Being a traveler, I relied on walking in the bus system to get me around, and on this night, I was walking home from the bus stop. It must have been about 8, and the dusk sky had just bled away, leaving gray clouds against a backdrop of black. I was in the suburbs at the time, so there was little to no light congestion, and I was finding my way only by the lights on front porches and my memory. What happened next was so swift and frightening that I will never forget it. 
I was passing under a tree when I heard a rustling from above, and before I could look, a mass of bats descended on me from their home in the branches. Being a native Californian, I'm no stranger to animal encounters, but I didn't know the protocol for bats. Give me bears, mountain lions, or snakes, and I know what to do. But do I run, or should I freeze? At this point, bats were swirling around me, and I was afraid of getting bit, so I decided to walk swiftly, but not run, in my intended direction. The colony lifted as I moved forward, and I made it home, if a bit shaken. And now, I know to never walk alone at night, unless, that is, I want to meet the likes of Dracula again. I've only ever been chased by a single bat, never a mass of bats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I experienced bats a few times when I was in my parents' pool at night. Yeah. And my friends and I would be like holding the pool floats up over our heads because they would sometimes kind of like dart yeah, down. Swoop. It was scary. My mom has a bat problem in her house. Oh, but just like usually a single bat, she said they were in the kitchen one day and the oven is up against one of the exterior walls and they just see a bat climb up the wall from behind the stove, shimmy its way up and then shimmy its way back down. <laughs> she like pulls the pulls the oven out and there's no bat to be found. Mm -mm. So they never found that one. But there's been two or three bats that have gotten into their house that my dad has had to catch with a, a net and, you know, let free. <laughs> Wow. Scary. Stephanie added, I was telling my girlfriend about my submission and she was shocked that I didn't share a different story, which, to be honest, I kind of blocked out. This also happened in Australia. I was working as an au pair, a live-in nanny, and the little boy, we'll call him H, was six. H was very literal, repetitive, methodical, non-imaginative, ASD. His favorite thing was road signs. Basically, he did not pretend or play make-believe in the way that many children do. One day while we were at the park, we were talking about something, I can't remember the topic, and H said, maybe the man did it. I replied with, what man? And without hesitation, he looked at me and said, I don't know who he is, but he's always standing right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I try to believe that it is my dad who passed when I was a child. Otherwise, if I think too much about it, I creep out. Probably why I block it out. Oh, the scariest part, when my girlfriend started sleeping over, she could never fall asleep easily. And when I asked her what was up, she said it was because she saw a man in my closet. The shape of a spirit of a man. Dang. Gotta hang her on there. For real. Scary. No, thank you. Always standing right behind you. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> but I also love it. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Next one is from Elizabeth. First, a little backstory. There are two colleges in the town this took place at, a private university and a public university, which I attended. Of course, the rivalry runs deep, but of all the stories told, this is the one that is shared every year as a tale of caution. In the 1920s, there was a couple from the private university who broke up because the boyfriend fell for a freshman girl from the public university during homecoming week. So the heartbroken, spurned ex-girlfriend jumped off the cliff at a local quarry. But legend has it, she comes back every year and walks the halls of the girls' dorm looking for that freshman student who stole her love. She is said to particularly like the eighth floor. In the late 90s, my friends and I spent our summer working band camps to earn some extra money. And because, well, we were band nerds. <laughs> As camp counselors, we were required to stay on campus in between sessions. One night during one of our off weeks, no campers, just counselors on campus, a group of us had just come back from a late night Taco Bell run. Mm. While, 
<laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> While hanging out in the parking lot, we noticed a light on in a dorm room, you guessed it, on the eighth floor. Now that floor wasn't being used for the counselors to stay, nor was it being used for any campers or camps that summer. So a few of us decided to go check it out. We get up to that floor and look down the hallway and sure enough, every light is off except for that one room. When we walk into that room, there is a formal dress laid out on the bed. As we walk in the room to look around, the door leading into the adjoining suite slams shut. Immediate screams and panic ensued. We flew out of that room and down the stairs so fast. The next day, we went back to the room and the dress was gone. Not hanging up in the closet, not in the dresser drawers. It was like it was never there. Was someone playing a trick on us? Maybe. But the only people who had access to that dorm were the camp counselors and the resident director. Or maybe the ghost realized we weren't the freshman student who stole her boyfriend away and decided to let us go. However, that means she's still looking for her. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, Elizabeth. Great story. Oh, we have another one from Kira. Thought about this one after she had already sent the others over. Here's a story my friend Jane told me when we were in the fourth grade, which was 1990 to 91. She swears that once she and her mom decided to play around with a Ouija board and try to summon any spirits that were listening. Nothing much came of it, and they put it away and went to bed. However, that night, her mom woke up and felt as if she couldn't move or breathe. It was as if she was pinned to her mattress. She looked down, and the Ouija board was on her chest, holding her in place. I'm assuming she somehow went back to sleep, but the next day she threw the game away and swore to never allow one in their house again. Dang. Reminds me of Witchboard, the movie. Yes. Ouija. <laughs> or Ouija. Oh, did I say Ouija? Should I say Ouija? You said, you said Ouija, but we found out in that movie the correct pronunciation is Ouija. Oh, should I change it how I said it? Or no. You're, or just Everybody saying? says Ouija. Okay. When I was younger, I used to say a Ouija. A Ouija? I'd be like, an Ouija board. An Ouija board. I may have even said it a few years ago in the podcast. Ah. <laughs> Everybody knew what you meant. Yeah. Another good one, though. Thanks, Kira. Thank you, Kira. Next one up is from Christine. I've had many paranormal experiences over the years. I'm an intuitive and clairvoyant. Here are a few from my childhood. I had a bunk bed for many years with just the top to sleep on and the bottom space open for storage. One night, when I was in my early teens, I woke up during the night and looked over the top rail of my bed. There was a shadow figure of a man standing over me. He was so tall that his belt was level with my eyes. I was startled naturally and turned on the overhead light above my bed. He had disappeared at that point, and I asked that that not ever happen again, and thankfully, it hasn't. Another time, when I was about 13 years old, I was staying at my great aunt's house with my dad. She had a very cool wooden spiral staircase leading up to the loft bedroom I was sleeping in. I was almost asleep, then felt the sensation that someone was watching me. I looked over to the corner of the room beside the little entrance to the attic. There was a full-bodied apparition of an old woman, dressed mainly in black, standing there. Her hair was very disheveled. She was stooped over, and her eyes had a cruel glint to them. I turned away from her towards the wall and asked that she leave. When I looked again, a few seconds later, she was gone. She's very brave asking them to leave. Yeah, I would never turn over. I know. I always stared directly at my apparitions. (laughs) Next story. 
During a field trip when I was in junior high, we visited a heritage school which was just over 100 years old. I was watching a talent show with my class, which the other students were putting on for us. My eyes went to the right side of the stage, where I saw a boy who seemed to be about our age standing there. I thought that he may be involved with the lighting or maybe acting as a curtain puller in between acts. In the next few seconds, his body folded up like a fan in the air, a few feet above the stage, and vanished. Whoa! Finally, on an early winter's evening when I was 12, my dad was driving my brother and I home. It was lightly snowing over the ground, which already had a fairly thick layer on it. As my dad turned to pull up in front of the house, his headlights shone on the condos across the street from us. A little girl with thin shoulder-length blonde hair stood there in the snow with only a white nightgown on and she was in her bare feet. As my dad completed his turn, we looked back and she was no longer there. No footprints had been left in the snow either. My brother and I ran into the house and looked through the dining room window where she had just stood. We shared a glance with each other of awe and the feeling was electric. So many apparitions. No. I like the idea, though, of kind of being excited about it and not as scared, especially when it's not anything that feels like it could hurt you, you know? Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I've seen things, Mm -hmm. but they always terrify me. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, Christine. Yes. Thank you very much. Next up is from Rebecca. This happened in the late 80s when I was a teenager. Back in those days, we lived in the country and you would go to the small town on the weekends. The big thing was going up the main streets, circling the square of downtown and going around the mall parking lot and parking and talking with your friends or meeting new friends. That was our social media back in the day. We called that cruising. Cruising here in the South. (laughs) Now a little background. I was raised in a Christian, very conservative home and our parents would always tell us not to be running up and down the roads, circling the square, etc. Because most of those people were probably up to no good. She inserted a little eye-rolling emoji. And you know something could happen to us getting mixed up with the, quote, wrong crowd. And of course, the first thing we did was do those things as soon as we got into town. (laughs) (laughs) So one night, my sister, who's eight and a half years older than I, let me go into town with her. And we met up with her friend and picked up one of my friends. And we did not do anything wrong except for running up and down the streets. But we would see other people we knew and would stop and talk to them, go and get something to eat, you know, just being teenagers. There were actually being good, but in the back of our minds, we always felt like we were being a little rebellious, being that we were breaking some of the parents' rules. You had that spirit on you, spirit of rebellion. (laughs) Most of the time, my parents wanted me home by midnight, but being I was with my sister, they would let those rules bend a little bit, but still, we weren't allowed to be out until morning. So on this particular night, we were heading home and it was past midnight. And as I said before, we lived out in the country. So we are getting closer to home and a few miles from our house. There's a graveyard that we have to pass. Us girls are just driving in the car, talking. And I see right before we get to the graveyard, a white flash. And like it moved across the street, but it was so fast. I couldn't make out any form or anything. And I thought it was just my eyes playing tricks on me. And I didn't say anything. We get up past the graveyard and my sister said something to the fact, I hate passing by here late at night. And she said especially, did you guys see a flash back there? All four of us at the same time said yes. Then, of course, we all started talking at once and we're just saying, I thought it was me who had seen it, blah, blah, blah. And I was trying to describe what it was, but none of us could describe it. But we all distinctly saw a white flash. 
Never heard four girls praying so hard asking <laughs> Jesus to keep them safe the rest of the way home. Maybe it was your parents that did it to you. <laughs> Just kidding. When we talk about it nowadays, none of us still know what it could possibly have been because it wasn't in the shape of an animal or form of a human or anything like that. It was just a white flash that moved across the road right before the graveyard. Ooh, definitely a ghost. Spooky. Spooky. (laughs) Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you. Last one is from Tierney. So my grandma's house was haunted. Multiple family members have stories. I'll share two of the stories. First one, my cousin was running around the house and my aunt was annoyed, so she told my cousin to go turn the light off in the kitchen. Julie stopped running around, looked into the kitchen and said, turn the light off. The light clicked off. Up until that point, my grandma didn't believe the stories and spent the rest of the night trying to figure out how the light could have clicked off. The switch was in the off position as well. Oh, this was before the days of Alexa. Yes, it is. (laughs) This is the days of the force. (laughs) Evil force. The second story is this. I was spending the night there. I was no more than two. My grandma heard a noise that woke her up, so she came to check on me. I had kicked the covers off. She was still curious what the noise was, so she thought she'd cover me back up after she had checked the house. So she checks the house. Everything seems to be good, so she came back to the room to cover me up. I was covered back up and tucked in. She asked my mom the next day if I would do that. My mom said no. So my grandma's theory was the ghost had covered me up. Uh-huh. That's nice of the ghost. That's Good a job. Nice ghost. Turning lights off for you? Tucking people in? I mean, it's basically like me. <laughs> it is like you. Yeah. You tuck me in every night. I tuck you in every night. I'll turn the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. This is a positive ghost. A polite ghost. Very polite. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Tierney. Thanks, Tierney. These were some great stories. Thank you so much to everybody that sent your stories in. Be thinking of them for 2024. Can't wait. Enjoy the rest of your spooky season. Bye-bye. Bye. No, 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 no. They don't. They do. They do? Like two days ago. Why would you spoil it? Okay, cut that. Sorry. Cut that. I can't believe you. I don't even hear it. Well, listen, you will hear it. Don't laugh during it. I got to put sound effect. Stefania. (laughs) By the way, that tasteless cider was beer. This is the cider. (laughs) I took a sip of it. I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense. Did we flip them? I think I just thought that was the cider. I don't know. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) Because I'm like, that is the worst cider like, of all really, time. It's, I was like, it's pumpkin-y, but it doesn't taste like cider. <laughs> That's funny.